Good afternoon. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to my podcast. It is Saturday, March 27th. Let's get right into it, folks. Number one, growth, value, I don't care. You shouldn't either. Number two, shorts at a record low. Surprising chart coming up. Number three, uh, ARK, A-R-K-K, taking on water. See what I did there, Mike? <laughs> I'm easily amused. I can't help myself. Uh, why I do this, uh, Bobby and Jack, my sons, they've been on the pod uh, uh, they're in their 20s, they came out of uh, undergraduate business programs, and they'd fire questions at me. And uh, their friends would join in about money, markets, job interviews, etc. What's going on with a 10-year bond? Why do I like stocks? What groups do, do I, I'm in, am I interested in? Uh, I went through the 87 crash, got my head handed to me, and uh, learned that I didn't know what I was doing. Wall Street analysts didn't know what they were doing. And um, and I just read everything, and I've discovered technical analysis, reading charts, and uh, I go technical analysis first, fundamental second. It just works for me. It's not right or wrong. You decide what works for you. I read the Journal, Barron's, The Economist, uh, newsletters. I listen to podcasts. I monitor what my Google alerts are kicking out, and I bring them to you, point you to them. And always give attribution, but know that if you don't want to do all that work, I'm doing it for you, and I'm hopefully distilling the complex down into the simple. Uh, I, I eat home cooking. I uh, show you what I invest in. I talk about what I'm interested in. I don't have conflicts. But tell me, uh, you know, what are your pain points? How can I be helpful? How, what can I add to the show? Uh, problems you'd like uh, me to help solve, topics I should cover. Your feedback is invaluable. It guides us, and I really appreciate it very much. Now, my disclosure. Uh, this is an investment advice. Please conduct and share your own due diligence, and I'd really appreciate that as well. Uh, fan mail. Murph uh, came in, uh, gave me a text, shared with Jack, my son, and asked about John Deere. Uh, Kramer was talking about it, Jim Kramer on CNBC, talking about scarcity in, in the farm equipment space. And uh, it brought up my, the, the first point that, that, um, uh, that I, I highlighted. You know, deer's acting like a growth stock. And uh, here's the daily chart that you can see. And I just, you know, I, 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 take, this to, I take this opportunity to, to make some points. Uh, as an individual investor, and that's who almost all of you are, you don't growth value these labels. You don't care. I don't care. You shouldn't care. It's uh, the institutions use this so they can put people in boxes and they can say, you know, high minded things like we're reallocating from large cap growth into small cap value. Okay, that's wonderful. You, it doesn't matter to you, I, I, or the, certainly not to me. Uh, frankly, I don't think that works very well, but that's just, you know, my view. Uh, uh, you know, I just want to make money this year. That's my focus. Make money this year and B, don't lose money this year and C, remember A and B. Uh, it's, you know, I keep it very, very simple. Uh, most institutional managers, they hug an index to some extent. That's a dirty little secret. But that's the way you get paid. You beat the index by a little, so you make you know modest uh, 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 selections, overweight or underweight the index, and you get paid if you beat the index, the Russell 2000 or the or the S and P 500. So I want to throw all that out the window. Uh, now, having said all that, 
Okay, this looks like a growth stock. And by the way, it is a growth stock. It was the earnings were down uh, last year, understandably. Almost everything was except for technology. And uh, if the analysts are right, this is the earnings per share are going to grow 84% this year. It's a big eye popping number. Now, last year stunk. So, you know, you take it with a grain of salt. Next year, earnings are supposed to grow 16%. And frankly, the, the dear CFO doesn't know what they're going to earn next year. So take that with with several grains of sand. And oh, by the way, another point is, and this is why I like charts so much, the, the news was dreadful back in July. Look at this. I didn't put the arrow on this. I forgot to. I apologize. But back in, in uh, uh, you know, June, July last year is when this started taking off. And it looked like the world was coming to an end. And so in the midst of all that misery, off it goes. And what did this do? Stocks are discounting mechanisms. It sniffed out, the deer stock in, in this case, sniffed out that we weren't all going to die of COVID. We were going to reopen. People were going to be pretty damn hungry. And they were going to have to uh, grow more crops. How's that for a pretty simple summation? And I think that, that's about as complicated as this has to be sometimes. You know, we don't have to, uh, uh, you know, make ourselves uh, crazy by, by overcomplicating things. Now, it, uh, uh, it feeds into the, the, some of the themes that we've talked about. China coming out of COVID faster, their, their uh, swine herd. And I know every podcaster talks about swine herds, but I have to add my, my two cents. Uh, they were decimated by disease back in 2018-19, I think. And uh, the Chinese are hungry, and the hogs are hungry, and they're feeding them corn and soybeans as, as far as the, the eye can see. Pretty simple stuff. So uh, I, I like this idea. The stock trades at 20 times next year's earnings. That's usually what you do. You look out a year, you see what the P.E. multiple is, and you say, okay, uh, one subtlety that I didn't mention on the chart is uh, if one of the things I've always liked to do is have uh, the, the valuation relative to its own history. You know, is 20 times uh, at the high end or the low end? And I didn't do that in this case. I forgot to. But anyway... 20 to me, uh, uh, Murph, 20 times earnings for 20, uh, uh, 2022 earnings sounds okay. I mean, it's obviously a pretty chart. There's no denying that. Um, you mentioned the scarcity issue. Agco, AG, is really the only other big liquid U.S. stock where you can you know, play, if you will, or participate in farm equipment growth. So uh, you, you do have this, this, this dynamic where if a portfolio manager says, I, I really need to be in farm equipment, you're kind of pulling deer off the shelf every single time. For the cyclical play or the value play or economically sensitive reopening play, uh, they pull cat off the, off, uh, the, um, the caterpillar off the shelf too. So, um, you know, that's what, what's, what's playing into this. Uh, here's the monthly and, uh, you know, it's going vertical. I mean, it looks like a growth stock. And, uh, but this is how cyclicals often work. You, you want to, you have to buy them when there's blood on the streets. And you have to kind of fade them when they look like this. Now, I'm not there yet. So, I mean, it's a good looking chart. It could go north. Here's my take then. Uh, uh, don't be an institution. Uh, growth versus value is irrelevant for how you invest, in my opinion. I don't care. You shouldn't care. 
Uh, if you focus on how to make money this year, it's a great lens through which to view all these news items that that we um, that we come up with. Uh, uh, broke out at 170 back in July of last year. Now it's at 372. That's 200 points. That's a double. That's a good way to make a living. You know, uh, for whatever reason, I didn't find an ETF at that point that that grabbed me. I don't know why. Uh, but you know, it's okay to miss things. You know, there's plenty to do. There's plenty to do. This looks deer looks extended to me and I'm curious and I encourage you to monitor how it responds to good news, especially if it blows out earnings, if it blows out earnings, both the top line and the bottom line and the stock yawns, then you got a problem. Then everybody that's invested in here pretty much is, has a full position, and they're going to be looking for, for the next item. I hope that's helpful. I hope I was on point. Tell me if I'm not, okay? Uh, and please, everybody, please share this with your Robinhood friends, your Reddit friends. Uh, send other stocks ideas. I eat this stuff up. I love it. Uh, I love offering strategy. I've uh, been doing this a long time, and, and uh, particularly on the sell side. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep you out of harm's way as best I can, so please stay tuned. Next are my themes and groups, and you'll see this when you go through my social media, all my hashtags, um, the uh, uh, GameStop, talk about that briefly. Uh, we own uh, the retail uh, ETF uh, that we just bought recently. Uh, uh, GameStop is 4% of, of the index, and I did that just for my amusement as much as anything else. Can I see the whole thing, buddy? Sorry. The, uh, thank you. Um, uh, I think retail is going to be great overall because a lot of people got $1,400 checks and I, for one, can't wait to have a bonfire full of mass in my backyard. And everybody I'm talking to is just dying to go out to eat, fly to Florida and go someplace and do things and spend money. And, uh, I think it's, it's going to be unleashed over the next nine months. It's going to be astonishing to see, in my opinion, uranium, we'll talk about uranium more. I'm about as subtle as a two by four with this. I like uranium a lot. And I think every time I, uh, uh you know, turn the page, the story gets better. Uh, cannabis, I, I'm getting more bullish on cannabis every time too. We'll talk about that uh, more. Bitcoin is, is Yes, there was some red on the on the screen this week. I get it. You know, Yellen says some things. Bitcoin is uh, again. We've talked about the math. I think it goes to somewhere around three eighty to four eighty over the span of picking five years. I don't know, but we're at fifty five right now, give or take. So uh, there's a lot of upside. Blockchain. Uh, the more I learn about NFTs and blockchain, the more enthusiastic I become. Uh, copper is is clearly ripping and working and will continue to do so the softs so to speak uh, agriculture sugar soybeans wheat corn we own that through uh the the etf tags and uh that is clearly where uh, that's actually the 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 laggard in the portfolio and i mentioned that i do not like bonds i'm not going to use the word hate because my mom doesn't like that but uh, I, I'm short bonds, and I'm going to be short bonds for a long time. I don't care what Powell says. Inflation is here, and bonds are going down. I just believe that. Now, I draw your eyes to the portfolio, and as usual, this this uh, the the far right column, and this is what I do every day. 
uh, and I probably shouldn't be a short term, but that's what I do. I can't help myself. Uh, you'll notice that there's one tiny sliver of red. The agricultural fund hasn't really done much. I don't have any big losers. I don't have anything down 15% or more that's taken up my time, my attention, my my money. So I have uh, uh, everything is working pretty hard to make money while I sleep. So uh, that's and, you know, I'm holding my feet to the fire. I'm up 14% year to date. The S&P is up around six. I'll take it. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. I hope you agree with me. All right. Uh, my take, this is a very unconventional portfolio, and you're welcome. Uh, it's working. Uh, our uh, our themes are intact, and uh, month end is coming up, so I'm going to you know lock myself uh, in a room and go through all the charts with fresh eyes, I hope, and uh, and, and find new themes to, to bring to you, to exploit. And if you have ideas for me, bring it on. I love it. I love it. I love it. Next, podcasts of the week. And I've been, uh, I think I've been including this on almost every show since I, I, I found it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's great content, and I think it's useful, and I think it's, it's impactful and makes us money. Uh, Guy Adami, Dan Nathan, Danny Moses on the tape podcast. And uh, around 20 minutes, they bring up uh, Kathy Wood. And uh, a pretty galvanizing figure. She's the CEO of ARC. And she crushed it last year. I mean, the, she got several funds, but I think the, the flagship was up 152%, something like that. Very bright woman, visionary. Uh, uh, and, and But here's the, th- the point that they made and I'm making to you is o- over the weekend, she came up with work that her analyst put together uh, suggesting a $3,000 target for Tesla from 600 right now, give or take. Uh, and the stock didn't care. And normally, if Kathy Wood said uh, a Tesla would was worth three thousand, you'd have a lot of people trying to get it there in an afternoon. And the fact that that it yawned, eh, it, it's just it's it's noteworthy at at a minimum. And I encourage you, like like the uh, uh, podcast folks, uh, you know, watch if it broadens out. This is kind of what happened uh, in in two thousand, where you know. Cisco blew out earnings. No one cared. Microsoft, Intel, Lucent. I'm dating myself. And and it's just, we're not there yet. But uh, I want you to pay attention to that. And I know a lot of you own Tesla and you're fans of the car and you're fans of Elon and you're a fan of the stock. So I just want you to keep an eye on this. And this is very uh, uh, typical. I'm now showing the, the, the daily chart. This is kind of what, what uh, uh, the ARC stocks uh, look like. They had huge moves. They're pulling back on pretty heavy volume to moving averages. So they broke the 50-day. The That's eh, a little bit of a concern. Nothing uh, cataclysmic. But the 200-day moving average is at 500. We're at 618 right now. The volume is picking up on the down days pretty significantly. You know I don't like that. And um, so uh, uh, you know, keep an eye on this. Keep an eye on this. Next thing they talk about is cannabis, and uh, this is kind of becoming Uranium 2, the sequel for me. Uh, I just, you know, uh, recreational use was just approved in New York, and uh, and why it takes a year to implement, I don't understand. Why that isn't a light switch, I don't know, but politicians are involved, and I might have just answered my own question. 
Um, at 55 minutes, Brady Cobb came on. He's the CEO of, of Bluma Wellness. Big. Uh, 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 he's a comp- Their company is focusing on very high-end, high-quality cannabis, and they're going to brand and price it accordingly. So this is becoming CPG, consumer packaged goods. But he, he talked about going into Mitch McConnell's office, Senator McConnell's office, lobbying, suiting up, as he says, and uh, starting off the meeting by raising his hand and say, uh, uh, Senator, please, we would like you, the government, to tax us and regulate us. And nobody, no other lobbyist is coming in to say that. And it just feeds into the rationale for investing in YOLO, which is this chart right here. Uh, uh, states need money. The, the, the political winds have shifted clearly. The lobbyists on the cannabis world are getting better. Now they're going up against the pharmaceutical companies and the alcohol companies, and they're no slouches. But the, the, uh, uh, to see what's going on in terms of the tax revenues alone is, is noteworthy, and I think these dominoes continue to fall, and I think cannabis stocks can work for a long time. In particular, there may, a lot of these companies are, are, are free cash flow positive with really onerous banking relationships paying higher interest rates than the than the real world would suggest so they if they can ever get this off their back and have a better regulatory framework then they're going to be making even more money so my take is uh the sell discipline for tesla has not kicked in but be wary if you see this close below the the 200 day moving average at around 500 i would start getting sell tickets out if i was if it closes below there, I would, I'm, I would sell a third, period, end of discussion. I've talked about that before. Uh, cannabis, the bull case keeps building, and uh, and I really like the podcast. I recommend it highly. I hope you know it, it adds value to you. Next, uh, the Pomp podcast, uh, Anthony Pompiano, what everybody calls him Pomp, Scott Link Bakes, and uh, uh, Jim Cramer was on, and I didn't realize this because I haven't heard him say this on CNBC. He's become a believer in Bitcoin. To the to the the extent that he had extensive conversations with Pomp before this podcast, and he put half a million dollars into it. He did what I did. I didn't put that much into it. Uh, but when it had that huge move in a couple of months last year, he took out half his uh, investment, and he's letting the 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 profits ride. And I, you know, he's a pretty visible guy, and to have him as bullish on Bitcoin as he has now become is pretty noteworthy in in, uh, in my view. Who else is becoming uh, bullish on Bitcoin? A lot of corporate treasurers. You know, it's it's not going to be MicroStrategy and Tesla alone uh, for very long. You know, all, uh, you know, major companies either have or are forming a Bitcoin strategy. And that's billions of dollars waiting to buy the asset over the ensuing five years so it's not going to happen next thursday but the demand for bitcoin is real it's becoming more accepted and i I think you have to own some you pick out the percentage and and the vehicle but uh i own gbtc uh i i think that it's uh got a long ways to go next is reporters of the week this is the economist they don't use bylines which drives me crazy because i think their work is so good but no one asked me from London. The uh, this is the three trillion dollar question, and the uh, uh, the first paragraph kind of says it all to me. 
Back in World War II, the the U.S. government put restrictions on economic activity that dwarfs what we see going on or have seen what's going on with shutting down restaurants and football stadiums for COVID. Um, they, they ration everything from coffee to shoes. They banned uh, manufacture of fridges and bicycles. Sounds kind of silly right now, but that's what it was all hands on deck for the war effort. In 1943, the auto industry sold, I had to check this out, 139 cars. That's not a typo. That's not me mispronouncing it. Only 139 cars were made, in the, that's in the middle of the war. Fast forward to two years later, and, and uh, uh, consumer demand just, just uh, uh, started to rip. You had the greatest generation return and, and, and take advantage of the GI Bill. By 1950, car makers were making 8 million vehicles a year. That's crazy. Reason I bring it up, something similar is going to happen this time around. What did we do? COVID, we fought COVID. And I'm not going to make it as dramatic as the war, uh, uh, World War II, although I believe more people died in COVID than, than World War II, horribly. Um, but uh, uh, the savings went up. The government uh, 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 sent checks. People that had jobs couldn't spend as much money on trips and, and, uh, uh, and going out and what have you. And that's all coming to an end right around now. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm very bullish on the economy and then I'll go do my work to find the stocks that fit into, uh, you know, or, or benefit from that. And that's always uh, going to be my, my prism. So next is the wall street journal. This is Jinju Lee. And, uh, I bring this up. This is the, the spot uranium price. The, the, the headline is uranium has that healthy glow again. And then here's the spot price. And it's just great perspective. Uh, you know, we've come off the bottom. You call it uh, 1820. We're now at 29-ish. Uh, we were in triple digits at the, at the beginning of this chart. You know, only, what, uh, 12 years ago, we were 80-plus. So it's just a good visual representation of, of how much we can retrace to have uranium uh, prices become the revenue lines of our companies in URNM and then turning into earnings and much higher multiples, in my opinion. Uh, the World Nucle- Nuclear Association uh, estimates roughly 50 new reactors are being constructed in 16 countries, uh, most notably China and, and the United Arab Emirates. That's compared to 440 right now. So it's a it's a big percentage. Yes, they can be delayed. Yes, they can be postponed. Yes, there can be cost overruns, but the demand for, for nuclear energy is on the rise. And I think if you pulled people off the street, uh, one in a hundred would, would uh, be aware of that, of that, that cold hard fact. Uh, a realistic reason for optimism, he writes, is in the steady cutback of uranium mining in recent years following years of oversupply, which we've talked about a lot. Compared with 2016, the world mined 12.2% less uranium in 2019. That's a big number. So my take is, uh, this is not the greatest generation coming back from World War II, but an economic surge is very, very likely. And this could be good for stocks if bonds don't spoil the party. And we've talked about that, and I'll address it more if you'd like me to. 
Next, uh, uh, this is the first time Uranus has been mentioned uh, in the B section of the Wall Street Journal in, in my memory, and I've been looking for this. It was above the fold. So uh, the, you know, this is uh, uh, gaining more and more attention from, uh, from more and more people, and the hedge funds aren't even really here in my view. And when they do, you're going to see prices uh, go up a lot. Uh, up a lot. Your uh, URNM, our ETF that we own, is up 88%, and spots hardly done anything. It's still under 30, and you know, could it go back to 80 plus? Sure, sounds like it from what I just described. It's just going to take time, but uh, this is our modus operandi: find find big themes, latch onto them, let them ride. And uh, uranium, uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Next. Uh, charts and tweets of the week and uh, I can't help myself yes I go to the Wall Street bets and see the insanity that, that goes on there uh, and of course they were saying okay you, we, we've killed the short sellers I'm paraphrasing but that's sort of what they uh, uh, you know they're championing here this is a Goldman Sachs chart this is the S&P short interest the median uh, S&P 500 short interest as a percentage of market cap and it's down to 2,000-year lows. Now, what does that mean? Uh, it, it, counterintuitively, uh, it's, it's bearish, or at least should create some caution. The fact that the shorts have been squeezed so badly that, that uh, they've come to these levels is a sign that we're near highs, you know, near, near tops. I hate to say it, but that's, it doesn't have to be that. And it's hard to precisely time, but that those those are the numbers and those are the dates. And then you look at the S and P next, and they don't match up. I couldn't scale them exactly, but you look at the far left. Here we are at uh, at two thousand. When we hit that short interest ratio, look what happened. We had a, a pretty meaningful uh, uh, decline. Meaningful, you know, the the bubble burst basically, and so. Here we are today, hitting new highs, wedging up on unimpressive volume, and short interest is at 1.5%. Again, uh, it isn't uh, uh, cataclysmic at this point, but uh, this is where we are right now. And I want you to be aware of, of the relative uh, uh, you know, uh, extent to where we are in terms of the, the frothiness in the market. Next, newsletters of the week. Bear Traps Report. Larry McDonald and his team really like these guys. Um, and they brought up the ARK Innovation ETF holding, ARKK. That's Kathy Wood's flagship fund. And this has, you know, a lot of really high flyers, Zoom and, and, and Taiwan Semi and Roku and, and Tesla, of course. And uh, just looking at the holdings, they're they're all below all but two are below the 50-day moving average which is just a warning sign but it's it's a sign of technical damage at, at, a, at a minimum um and uh they're all oversold uh now how they define it you know I, that's in the eye of the beholder but uh the tesla chart that we showed before is, is a very good example uh and this is what i bring up uh over 50 percent of arcs inflows happened in the last four months at an average price of 131. So you've got $11 billion in capital with an average price 13% above the current price. So uh, I caution you that if you own some of the individual names, 
in arc, which has become a you know a, 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 a you know a spectator sport, you know following Kathy, uh, that if you start to see redemptions and her selling these stocks, they're going to go south much faster than they went north. So look at the list, check your portfolio, and adjust accordingly. In my opinion, uh, next. Okay, I'm going to get a little wonky, but I like this stuff. Uh, S&P Weekly Relative Strength Divergence. And uh, it's just the market's making new highs like it did back in 2000. And the uh, 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 no, sorry, that isn't the date. The This is February uh, uh, 2020. Stocks making new highs, relative strength not making new highs and showing a divergence. And then you see the correction. So I am I, obviously I don't think it's going to be February 2020 with COVID and the whites of our eyes showing up, but uh, it, it's it's another warning sign. And I do look for for uh, overtly bullish charts as well. But I'm not going to kid you when I'm finding bearish things like this that I ought to bring to your attention. So uh, next, uh, new highs minus new lows, and I'm a big fan of these things. If, if these phenomena occurred in the past and stocks declined after that, we should watch them. And that's it. But we're having new, uh, new highs, new lows, uh, starting to break support levels. And as you can see from these three lines that go back a long, long time, uh, it, uh, it's not good for stocks. So just we'll keep an eye on this as well, I'm sure, Larry. And by the way, the Bear Trap support is terrific. I think you should, you should sign up. Uh, last hour of trading pain. Uh, the, the old adage used to be, you know, the 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 dumb money buys in the in the first hour, and and the the smart money uh, uh, settles up in the last hour. And that isn't entirely true. It's a little bit, you know, oversimplified. But the bottom line is that the market is starting to fade off in the last hour. That's a sign of distribution. Stronger hands uh, selling off into weaker hands. And it's a sign that the rally's flattening out. So, uh, again, just another uh, uh, you know argument in in the cautious column. That's all. Uh, Pomp's newsletter, which is great as well. Will the Bitcoin ETF, uh, Bitcoin ETF, hello, Bitcoin ETF? Don't edit that out. I want to show some you know vulnerability here, Mike. Um, Will the Bitcoin ETF be similar to the gold ETF? And oh, by the way, this is Fidelity talking about an ETF. I mean, this is a major, you know, financial institution. I'm not casting aspersions of the others, but Fidelity is, uh, you know, a pretty gilt-edged name. Anyway, uh, he brings up the gold ETF. Back in 2003 when they started, there was, you know, $200,000 in them. There's $100 billion in gold ETFs in the U.S. alone right now. There's ex-U.S. ones that, that have uh, uh, a significant amount of, of gold as well. It's the, the ETFs are the fourth largest holders after the U.S. government, Germany, and the International Monetary Fund. So pretty significant. Um, his uh, analogy, I guess, or, or, or you know, the reason he brings this up, is that there's no reason why this doesn't happen with Bitcoin too, and and have you know innate buying demand for uh, uh, for Bitcoin as we go forward. Now, could the SEC sit on this? Could they d- deny everybody? Possible. They've been delaying this forever and saying no forever. 
But if it does happen, you know, watch Bitcoin go north again. So here's my take. I'm a bull on equities with my head on a swivel. And and that just, you know, because we have great themes that we're, that we're invested in. Uh, but I know that valuations are stretched. Bonds are going up on price. I mean, bond yields are going up. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going to become complacent. I don't want you to become complacent. Uh, the short levels at, at, at 2,000 uh, areas are a concern. That really surprised me this week. And I'm a bull on Bitcoin, period, mainly because I'm a bear on politicians. And I've covered that in the past, too. Okay, that's the show. Please also subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter at Bakes Takes underscore and other social media. Please, please use your voice memo app, tape your questions, and email to bakes at bakestakespodcast.com or write if you'd prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Thank you as always. Appreciate that. And uh, have a great week. Uh, this is Bakes. And for much needed levity, uh, this is Chris Porter. Uh, uh, hipsters ruin everything. And please cl- click the link. It's about four minutes of, of, of laughs. And we need four minutes of laughs, in my opinion. So I will see you. Take care. Bye now. Bye now.